This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. This is Trey. Thank you for joining us for Tuesdays with Trey. These are some interesting times we're living in. Things that used to be commonly accepted as near universal truths are not quite as accepted anymore. I'll give you a couple of examples which are relevant to last week, but more importantly, uh, relevant for all time. Uh, Tim Scott was on his book tour last week trying to talk about his faith and his family and his road from poverty or near poverty to the United States Senate. But of course, uh, the folks interviewing him wanted to talk about the execution of a search warrant on President's home, President Trump's home in Florida. And I mean, that's understandable on the one hand. Uh, reporters would want to ask him about it. It was the dominant news story. He's in the U.S. Senate and both he and President Trump um, have been discussed as uh, potential future presidential candidates, either in the next cycle or cycles to come. Of course, on the other hand, uh, Tim Scott has never spent one moment in the criminal justice system. He was not a cop. He was not a prosecutor or a defense attorney or a judge. He never sought a search warrant, never approved a search warrant, never was the affiant in support of a search warrant and doesn't have a background in criminal matters at all. Uh, nor does he have a background in the law surrounding national security and the handling of classified material. He was a businessman, an entrepreneur, but still the questions will be asked. And I understand that. He understands that, too. Uh, and he answered in a way that a little while ago would have been fully accepted um, and maybe even universally lauded. And when I say a little while ago, I mean, like a couple of years ago, he said, he wanted to gather all the facts. What a provocative thing to say. I, I would like to withhold final judgment until I know more facts. Well, of course he does. That's what fair people do. They gather the facts and then they reach a conclusion. Human nature is such that we probably start forming opinions and conclusions before all the facts are in, but you still have to value facts by prioritizing them. In fact, if you've ever served on a jury, then you've been told this. I mean, juries, who are the quintessential finders of fact and drawers of conclusion and renderers of verdicts, are told you can't even begin to think about your verdict until all the facts are in. I will make allowances that human nature does want to start drawing some conclusions and forming some opinions as facts roll in, but the jury is told you can't even start doing it until every fact is in. So between facts and opinions, I like facts. Between people with firsthand knowledge and people with triple hearsay, I like firsthand knowledge. Between waiting on facts and seeking attention or currying favor or trying to curry favor with others, I like facts. And truth be told, there weren't that many facts in the public realm early on last week or 
stated a little bit differently, I guess. There were definitely more questions than answers, especially before the warrant and the receipt were published midday Friday. And then more facts did come to light. The search warrant was released. The return or receipt, whichever you want to call it, on the search warrant was released. So we did have these broad contours of what was taken during the search. We know the statutes that served as the code framework for the allegations. We know that a magistrate judge found probable cause. So sure enough, as time goes on, more facts are discovered and we get closer and closer to drawing what would hopefully be informed conclusions. But even now, the list of things we don't know surpasses the list of things we do know. We have not seen the affidavit in support of the search warrant. And that is where an agent using some combination of firsthand knowledge and hearsay provides the evidentiary basis for the probable cause that is necessary before a search warrant can be issued. The affidavit is where the real information or allegations are housed. We do not know with clarity what documents were or are at issue. We know broad parameters. We know what's alleged, but we have not seen the documents or really even had them described with much particularity. I I don't know where the documents were with precision. We have heard generally where they were, but we certainly have not seen pictures. I don't know the full chronology. Um, Others may, but I don't. It's been said the president's legal team was working or negotiating with the department to make sure records were returned. But I don't know who that was or what those conversations were. I don't know whether the president knew what was ongoing, how much of it he was aware of. Could have been all of it. Could have been none of it. Could have been somewhere in between. I don't know if the allegation is the lawyers or the president willfully withheld documents or if there was a disagreement over what was classified or not classified or whether the president declassified the documents. And if he did, which has been alleged, at least in part, was the declassification lawful and valid? I mean, do we even know for that matter what is involved with a presidential declassification? Do we even know the process? Is there a form to be completed? Are there certain magic words to be uttered? Can it be done in your mind or does it have to be communicated to someone else? And if it has to be communicated to someone else, who is that someone else? And yes, I've read all the stories about best practices and what you know, so-called experts recommend, and that's all well and good. But I'm mainly interested in a criminal or potential criminal case with what the law requires. I mean, it, it's all well and good that some expert in national security says this is the best practice. And if that expert in national security is ever the president, I expect him or her to implement that practice. That's great. But, I don't, but that's different from what the law is. So I need to know what the law is. So even today, there are more questions than answers, but that does not stop some people from drawing conclusions and making definitive statements. But surely to goodness, we have not gotten to the point where asking for more or all of the facts can be considered a provocative thing. And yet there were Republicans, a couple in particular, who were aghast that someone would want more facts. They were shocked that someone would not reflexively take one side or the other. I mean, seriously, when did being fair and fact-centric become a political liability? Is that where we are? That saying, you know, hey, 
this is not my background. I'd like to know more before I answer a question on national television. Is that really a liability? And yes, I do understand people's anger. I sure do. I also understand we constantly counsel people not to let their emotions override their minds, not to make important decisions in the heat of the moment, not to let passion override reason. So, yes, I do understand the anger, but if we know anger is not as reliable as fact, why in the world would we not wait out the anger and react to the facts? And part of being doing a podcast is you get to answer your own questions. And one reason people do not wait on the facts is there is no consequence for being wrong. You can guess, you can accuse, you can allege. And then if you're right, you can tell everybody you're a prophet. And if you're wrong, then no one ever seems to hold you to account anymore. So there's really no disincentive to kind of guessing or drawing conclusions before you know any facts. There's no disincentive. There's no consequence, but it's still not the right thing to do. Wait right there. We'll have more next. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it... A real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. That's one thing that happened last week. And then something else happened, which is I started getting mail and emails. And as a general rule, if you're looking for kind of general rules to live by, when you get a letter that does not have a return address and is not signed, you can pretty well bet that letter is not going to be very nice. And sure enough, a couple of them, I'll kind of summarize them for you. Dear Mr. Gowdy, uh, beep, beep, beeping idiot. You, you are beep, beep, the dumbest person on beeping earth. I'm going to stop right there because honestly, unless you know everyone on earth, I don't know how you can conclude that I am indeed the dumbest. I might be. But how would you know if you haven't met or tested everyone? So, I mean, if you're going to write me in the future, I think it would have more credibility if you were to say, in my opinion, you are among the dumbest people on earth. But if you don't know everyone on earth, I don't know how you can possibly say I am the dumbest. I might be, but how would you know? In any event, those letters were from people who were quick to bring up uh, the former secretary of state, former presidential candidate, former United States senator from New York, former first lady Hillary Clinton. They wanted to know what my position on possession of classified material was when a Republican was accused of doing it versus her. And I will, for now, lay aside how inaccurate their recollections were. Actually, I won't. Um, I'll remind them of how inaccurate their recollections were. I never called for her to be prosecuted because, number one, congressmen don't call for people to be prosecuted. And number two, I never had all the facts. I had more of them than we have in this case, but I didn't have them all. And one fact I had is we interviewed over 100 people and less than five had anything to do with her email. So if you think that we did an investigation into her email arrangement with herself, then you're either you either have a really terrible memory or or you're just like intentionally misrepresenting the facts. I'll let you pick which it is. But again, 
people don't like to let facts get in the way of their emotions. So the letters and emails came and they all wanted to know the same thing. Now that the shoe may be on the other foot, what was my response? And honestly, that is not the toughest question I got last week. Toughest question probably came on the airplane. You know, when they give you a choice about what kind of snack you want, that was tougher. That was a lot tougher than this one. This was not that tough. If the question is, what is my reaction now that the shoe may be on the other foot? That's simple. It's exactly the same. However, one was treated, the other should be treated. Whatever is just for one should be just for the other. I, I don't now know and never will believe. I don't now and never will believe in two different justice systems, depending on whether I like the person or don't like the person or know the person or don't know the person or share a party label with a person or don't. I mean, that used to be kind of expected in our culture that, that it used to be sort of universally true that similar facts would be treated the same, but the inquiry does not stop there. The result should be the same, but so too should the process. If you search one home, should you not search them both? I mean, however you treat one, treat the other the same way if the facts are similar, which leads me to what used to also be kind of a third universal truth. And that is our condemnation of bias um, and the need uh, to have confidence in the finder of fact. I remember very well when Peter Strzok, the former FBI agent, who not only was involved with investigating Secretary Clinton, but he was, uh, if not the lead agent, one of the lead agents on investigating then presidential candidate Donald Trump. And I remember his text very well when they came out. Uh, and I remember it well because it's pure, classic, textbook bias. He wanted Secretary Clinton to beat Donald Trump 10 million to nothing. Let me let that sink in for a second. That's what he wanted the vote tally to be. He didn't even think the president would vote for himself. 10 million to nothing. And this is not, you know, some former cop sitting on a bench outside a gas station. This is an FBI, a senior FBI agent who was in charge of investigating President Trump. He said that he would stop then candidate Trump from becoming president, that he could not understand how anyone, not a majority, anyone could vote for him, said he could smell Trump supporters in a Walmart. That is classic bias. And that agent or any other agent that has bias against the target of the investigation should have nothing to do with the investigation, period. But that was not the reaction of the media or some Democrats when those texts came out. They wanted proof that the bias actually resulted in something bad. You remember that? Oh, yeah, boy, those texts sure are terrible. But can you draw a perfect correlation between his textbook bias or animus and some decision that he made. That was what they, that was their response. They, they wanted proof that the bias actually resulted in something bad because bias alone was not enough for them. Uh, well, it is for me. If someone is racially biased, I don't want them in law enforcement. If someone has religious bias, I don't want them investigating anyone that has anything to do with religion. And the same is true with any other kind of bias, including political bias. Bias and facts do not go together. I like facts. Bias is the opposite of fact. Bias is making up your mind based on animus. It is 
once again, letting emotion or something other than logic rule the day. And it's bad for investigations and it's pretty bad for every other kind of decision making. But some of our friends on the left, particularly those uh, in the D.C. print media, uh, did not mind that Agent Strzok stayed on. They didn't care that a biased FBI agent was leading the investigation. There was a time when we could all agree that bias was disqualifying, but not to them. So as we move forward with this and every other investigation, this one will draw to a conclusion either this week or the next week or next year or three years from now. I have no idea where it's going. I don't think anybody else does either, but at some point it'll be over. But there'll be another investigation, whether it's formal, informal, county, state, federal. We should always desire facts and the more the better. And we should always prioritize fairness. And if you prioritize fairness, then you will show it to both friend and foe. And a good question to ask is, if we would treat a friend that way, would we treat a foe that way? And if you swore an oath to base decisions on law and facts like law enforcement officers do and prosecutors do, what does that oath mean to you? So let's see what's in the affidavit. Let's get the full chronology. Let's understand what happened and when. And let's get a sense of what's in those documents and how the conversations went. And then you got to get into the mind of the actors and whether or not it was intentional, accidental, gross negligence. I mean, there's nothing that requires anyone to make a final decision today or this week or next week or the next. The more facts, the better the decision making. And that is also a universal truth that I hope does not change. So in a world starved for truth, and in a world desiring repeatable paradigms, gather the facts as many as you can. Apply the same standard no matter who's in front of you. Condemn bias, whether it's racial, religious, political. If there's bias in the so-called finders of fact, condemn it. And those are universal truths we used to accept. But they're still true, regardless of whether anyone accepts them or not. I'll see you next week. I hope you have a great week. Thank you for joining us. Listen to the all-new Brett Bear podcast featuring Common Ground, in-depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Bear favorites like his all-star panel and much more. Available now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.